get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hubbard Radio's Deserving Delivery saying thank you to those helping care for our community. Today's very deserving delivery is going to the great folks working at St. Luke's Hospital in Chesterfield. Their awesome staff will be enjoying 100 meals today delivered by Surf and Sirloin. Those meals are courtesy of Hubbard St. Louis and our good friends at Two Men in a Truck. Thank you, Two Men in a Truck, and our continued gratitude to all of those great folks working in our medical community on the front lines from our station at the entire Hubbard Radio family. Uh, You know you have great friends when you're laying in a hospital bed in St. Luke's and uh, one of your friends or multiple friends visit you. And that's how, that's not how I knew Dan McLaughlin was uh, a great friend because we've always been great friends. But that's one of the nicest things that anybody's ever done for me is come and visit me in the hospital like you did. Really? Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, you remember that when you're in the hospital and you're recovering and people come and visit you. Well, uh, you mean a lot to me. Now so, I'm going to start crying. I know. No. Should I leave you two alone? Yeah, here? I mean, we, we're having a moment <laughs> here. You know? special. Just hearing, uh, just reading about St. Luke's, and the people at St. Luke's are awesome. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people mm-hmm. at St. Luke's. So I was worried what, about well, you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I've said this many times, how helpful you have been in my career when I first started, and I was just, just some kid, and you treated me like a peer, and I, I don't forget that. Well, one thing that you do... And this is the main thing. The the main reason that I want young people to do well is I think that we do have a responsibility, all of us do, but in in our particular industry to pay it forward. And I had people like Jack Buck and Nancy Drew and Jim Holder who helped me as a young broadcaster. And I want to see young broadcasters do do well. And I want to see them pay it forward also. I do too. I I do try to help out young kids all the time. I mean, yeah. they send me tapes or emails and I respond, at least I tried to, to every single one um, because I dealt with people that weren't great and I dealt with people that were great. And I remember the ones that were great. It was you, it was Mike Kelly. Uh, Jack Buck was incredible to me. You know, Mike Shannon, all mm-hmm. those guys. And they didn't have to be. I was just, you know, snot-nosed punk coming around, running around. They're like, "You, who's this guy? But you remember that, and it, it made a difference in my life, clearly, and it's made a difference in my career, so I, I can't say thank you enough. I'll tell you this. I, I consider myself a pretty good sports guy. That's where my limitations end is at sports. <laughs> so, like, if you're putting <laughs> – if, if you want me to put together a health plan to come back for baseball, if you got me and all of my friends together, we couldn't come up with 67 pages worth wow. of stuff to protect players' health. I looked through that, and I understand why they did it. I don't know how realistic it it is. Do you think the why they did it is to protect themselves financially, Uh, ultimately? I would would imagine part of that is. I I also think that if you're going to be not in just Arizona, Texas, or Florida, and you're all at these different municipalities and cities, you got to go to their guidelines because that's what we're all dealing with. I mean, we're seeing that here, how the city's dealing with, how the county deals with it, and that's here. So... I do think that was part of it, Randy. Um, 
I also think, just generally speaking, they 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 tried to leave no stone unturned. I mean, I don't think they did. I, I was reading that thing and I read it and I was like, wow, I hadn't thought of that one. Okay, okay, this one, no showering, got it. And I thought some of those things might be in there, but. I'm with you. I, I could not come up with 67 of them or 67 pages worth. I, I don't know. I mean, was there one that for you guys stood out more so than another one of the the points that they made? They were like, no way. Everything made sense. But the you, you just stuff that I wouldn't have thought of. For example, Uber sends out an email that says, hey, we're doing all of this to protect our customers. But even with that, Uber is not a viable means of transportation to get from a hotel to a ballpark. Yeah. I, I also thought, I don't know what you thought, Michelle, but um, I found it really interesting that what they're going to have to do on the road, are players really going to adhere to that over mm-hmm. the course of time? Now, again, restrictions may lessen in various parts of the country, and then maybe that pertains to baseball too. I, I don't know. But man, like not being able to go out to a restaurant or go down to the the hotel restaurant or go across the street or can you go I, I was wondering could a player go get a starbucks i mean if you're in a visiting city when we're there believe me you get up at any point in time in the day 6 a.m to about noon you're going to see one of the cardinals or, or somebody from the traveling party at a starbucks that's kind of what we do you, right. you either go play golf you go get coffee you read the newspaper you know you kind of just spend that your time in the morning working out whatever but i guarantee you a good majority of them are going to wind up at Starbucks in about a six-hour period. So can they not do that? I, I, I just I found it really interesting. I agree. And Randy and I, when we opened the show talking about this, we talked about players, how once they get to this point, they've been in situations and environments where a lot of things have been done for them. A lot of times they're told where to go. They're they're told what to eat. You know, things are provided for them. So to have this certain level of personal responsibility on themselves, I think a lot of them will take it, it seriously. But as time goes on and they're fine and, you mm-hmm. know, they get in their own routines and they want to do X, Y, or Z, I don't see it as a realistic option for them to not go to Starbucks or not want to go play golf on the road, etc. Well, I also was watching with... Um, great interest the the live sporting events yesterday and one of the things that it talked about in baseball was how they would ask if you were holding a runner on i think it was and after every pitch you're supposed to move you know and then not go back in until the final second to be holding the runner on something like that and as i was watching the golfers yesterday i know they're supposed to be socially distanced i didn't see that no i didn't either i I didn't either i saw some tight shots Uh and i was and even the interviews i found interesting when they were walking down the fairway. I didn't think it was six feet. And so to say that we're going to be, you know, socially distanced and everything's going to work to the letter of the law, I, I just, that's why I think it's unrealistic. I also think prohibiting high fives and seeds and all of these other little intricacies that baseball players are used to, a lot of that's human nature. Yeah. You know, they've, they were at spring training. They then took this time off. They missed their teammates. I, I can't imagine if someone hits a clutch home run and then they run to the dugout that no one's going to accidentally high-five them. Yeah, I agree. It's like creatures of habit, right? It's I human mean, nature. You, you, you hug guys, you, you're high-fiving, you're handshaking. I, I do think some guys would definitely be I, – I, well, here's the thing. I think if it happens, people are going to yell, stay away, stay away, mm-hmm. stay away. Mm-hmm. I, I did watch one of the KBO games and they had like a – I don't know if it was a walk-off or something, but it was a big moment. And all the players did stay away. I mean, they did it. They actually, you could see that they were being conscious about not being close to each other. So that's part of it, too. Maybe you do get used to not doing it the normal way, and it's 
this is the new norm. I, I don't know. I I also found it interesting watching, and I'm going to talk about it on the show, but just how it was covered from a TV perspective. I liked it. I liked what I saw with golf. I thought it was cool. It wasn't the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life, but I did like it. I liked what they were doing, and I'm not a NASCAR fan, but I liked what they did with the drones and the the mm-hmm. various things that they had with that. That was cool. And that's what I think going forward that we learned from the XFL. There are a lot of things that we can do, and players are going to have to buy in to doing these things to make it the most enjoyable experience. Ultimately, higher ratings. Ultimately, more money. If you do those kind of things, and I think that'll be part of it. I really do. We are going to cross things over to Scoops with Danny Mac coming up after this final break on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A lot of discussion about the last dance, and we'll have more about it here on 101 ESPN tomorrow. There's so much to unpack, and uh, Michelle, I know that you have a lot that you still want to get to, and I do too. We didn't even talk about Reggie Miller, Randy. That's right. we got to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, Dan, with your kids, and I, I know it's this, it was this way with my kids, but uh, Joan reminded me the other day, remember the little tiny baby Jordan shoes? They've got oh, yeah. the logo and everything. And even for little kids, you're spending a bunch of money on little right. tiny Jordan logo <laughs> shoes. They can't walk. They can't, but yet everybody loved Jordan shoes. So I, I was thinking the other day, and I posed this question, like, who's the winner and loser out of this thing, out of the, the last dance? And... People are saying it was funny. We were having just like a little debate with people, and um, it got to me. And I said, "Yeah, the winner was Nike, <laughs> and yeah. the loser was Adidas." I said, "Through all these people that we're talking yeah. about, Reggie Miller and Charles Barkley and Steve Kerr getting punched and all this other stuff, yeah, the winner was Nike because Jordan is now worth, I think, two point one billion. Yeah. I think is his personal worth. I would be uh, really interested to see over the next month, month and a half." If we don't have a return to sports and we're still talking about the last dance, what the shoe does in the open market mm-hmm. now. I mean, how many people are going out and buying Nikes? How many young people that, you know, are into the KDs and all the other shoes that are out there with the current players are saying, eh, I'm going some old school Nikes with Michael Jordan. I bet there's more than you think. Oh, I bet there's a ton. You without agree? a doubt. And I, you know that they're going to have special releases yeah. to commemorate all of this. Oh. I mean, the the Jordans, they have the the online drops now where people are still trying to, to get uh, essentially a place in line to get the shoes. I mean, they're still as powerful as ever. Just when think I, about the, the game against the Knicks where he wore the originals. You don't think that if those come out now, oh. Michael's originals, that they can sell a ton of them? By the way, best dunk in this documentary, in my opinion, unquestionably... Scotty Pippen on Ewing. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. that was that does that dunk doesn't get enough credit, man. No. That one was the best of all of them. Even Michael's dunks, I thought that was the best of all of them. And he kind of steps over them. It was awesome. Awesome. Dan, did you watch this with your kids? My son. Um, so I have a fourteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old girl. My son is fourteen, and my twins are eleven. So the twins are kind of doing their own thing. Um, the thirteen-year-old girl, she's into golf, and that's about it. And then my my son watched it, so yeah, he did. So he, he's still like, Dad, LeBron's the man. So you that's know? what I was going to yeah. ask. Is you know, I'm just curious about this younger generation who, a lot of it's recency bias, have watched LeBron and their team LeBron. I just yeah. wonder how it's changed, or if it has changed, younger kids' perspective on on the LeBron Jordan debate. I think it has to, doesn't it? I mean, if you really watched that and paid attention to it, and you saw the the intensity that he played with and the will to win. I mean, that's what I took. You know, we all watched it unfold live in our lives, and and we got a little 
I think a peek behind the curtain. It wasn't like a wasn't the best documentary I've seen. It was entertainment for me. Um, the best documentary I've seen, at least for me, was the OJ one. Was oh. just incredible. That's a documentary. I won an Oscar. Yeah, this one was more like entertainment, fun to see. Kind of got a little bit more of Michael Jordan. But I did. My son did take away, and I think any fan would. Anybody did that watched it. Is just how intense he was and what you have to do to win. If you want to be great, you better get after it because that's what somebody is doing out there. Somebody's doing what Michael Jordan is doing. They may not be as athletic or as talented, but somebody's working like he is. I thought it was good last night when you talk about villains that at the end, Scottie Pippen did give at least a little bit of credit to Jerry Krause because mm-hmm. in I death, too. Jerry Krause was villainized and it's he can't fight back. And another guy that was villainized was Isaiah, and I'm on board with that. But I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Last night on SportsCenter with uh, Scott Van Pelt, Costas went out of his way in his last 30 seconds to say, throughout that entire season, I was with Isaiah Thomas the whole time, and he never said a bad word about Michael Jordan. He always gave Michael all the credit in the world and never said anything bad about Michael. I loved listening to your interview, both you guys with uh, Wayne Larravee, and to be around at that time, like I was thinking, it from my perspective, I saw Pujols in his greatest years. Mm-hmm. And, I've, I've, and I saw one of the, I think in 20, 25 years, even now, we reflect on the years of Edmonds, Roland, Pujols, those guys as one of the great eras in Cardinal Mm -hmm. baseball. It'll go down as that way, even though they won just the one championship in that early run and then a second one in 11. But when you're around those kind of teams and greatness, you can't take it for granted. I mean, I, I... I was I, I guarantee I take it for granted and I shouldn't have. You know, I was watching a guy that I probably never see a right handed hitter like that again in person every single day. Probably never again. He's that good. And that made me that's one of the things I took away from watching that and then listening to Wayne Larrabee too. It's one of the benefits of getting older is it, yeah. it, it, if you're going to watch that stuff, it's better to be older because you you understand. Like the Blues last year, we're all yeah. we went through a lot of heartbreak to get there. So I do think you appreciate it a little bit more. That was I, I was so glad when Mike Martz kept telling us, "Hey, uh, this is a special place in time," because it was only the fourth year the Rams were here. That ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety fifth year the Rams were here that they won and started the greatest show on turf and. You do have to be reminded of that at times, not to let it just pass by because you expect it to happen. Exactly. Because once it ends, it ends. Did you guys hear the interview I did with Pronger the other day? It was day? great. So that is what got me going, too, on this, asking him, were you really truly close to winning the Cup? Mm-hmm. And I, I brought up the, the Gretzky goal, uh, the Olin Nolan goal that was from mid-ice. Remember that on Roman mm-hmm. Turek? He had Bergevin throw the puck in his own net. And that's the heartache you're talking about. But they were so close. Like, if, if Eiserman doesn't score that goal, Ugh. Blues might win the Cup. Yep. And we're not talking about this last year. It, we, well, we're still talking about it. It's been great run and exciting. But to be the first team that did it, don't let it pass you by because you, you don't know when it's going to happen again. And that's that's the beauty of sports, too. Two things. Number one, yesterday on NHL Network, yesterday morning, they showed that game seven between the Blues and Detroit in 96. And I had forgotten how good John Casey was in that game. We we always say if Grant Fuhr doesn't get hurt that they probably would have won. John Casey played pretty darn well in that series. He did. The other thing is if Keenan wins the cup, he's probably here for five or six years. Oh, wow. Good You think so? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, That earns you some... Well, it definitely earns you some. Oh, yeah, yeah you're going to get some leeway. He probably outlasts Hull. That's a good point because if you win, you do get 
Well, and you got to remember, he was the one pulling off the trades, too. So he was right. the one bringing in the players. So you're saying if you're that group of guys running the team, you go, well, yeah, he's a pain in the you-know-what, but he did pull off the trades and brought in these guys, and they won, so maybe we do need to stick with him. And he's won two cups in three years then, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Because he won the 94 with the That's Rangers. That's right. It's my favorite open to um, a hockey game was Gary Thorne, uh, who I loved listening to on hockey. God, was he good. It still is good. We just don't hear him as much. But they had Mike Keenan uh, coming to St. Louis, and they put in his forehead like they they superimposed him, raising the – I get goosebumps thinking, you know, and they're doing all that. And it was, Mike Keenan now coming to St. Louis. You know, he's going crazy. And I loved it. I thought, we got Keenan. This is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. And then it was like – Oh, my God, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, we were working Randy at Camelwax when the deal for Pronger came down. And mm-hmm. remember, the, remember that? I mean, it just exploded. Yeah. And people were just, I mean, really upset. We got so many texts that day. Wait a minute. We, we had a lot of cell phone calls. No, it wasn't it either. Uh, I was upset. I, I think everybody in town was upset with that trade. And it winds up that Chris Pronger turns out to be... He was, he was right about him. Boy, was he good. Yeah, he was great. Looking forward to the show today. Who do you have? Austin Gomber, the Cardinal oh, lefty, will be with us. So we'll find out what he's up to and uh, trying to keep in touch with teammates, trying to stay sharp, and hopefully we got a baseball season at some point. Hopefully. I'm, I'm predicting that uh, hockey, we're talking real hockey and real baseball camps on June 10th. Would you want, would you guys want, if you did a, I was listening to your visit with Chris Kerber too, do you guys want crowd noise piped in, yes. even though there's no crowd? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that that needs to be done. It's got to be somebody that's good at it, though. Well, th- th- it's going to put a lot of um, emphasis on the technicians. It is. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, I think you can keep something up to give you just the, you mm-hmm. know, you hear a little bit of the crowd or whatever, and then you got your, like in hockey, you can hear maybe the skates cutting through the ice and the sticks banging against each other and you'll hear if there's a big hit you'll hear the board shaking that kind of thing but um i do think there needs to be crowd and then how you cut the game the director's going to have to cut it very very tightly on just the players mm-hmm. and if you have crowd noise uh that like a what if your sound guy judges a ball like marcelo zuna <laughs> i hadn't thought of that randy um <laughs> Boy, he had a couple of adventures, didn't he? Spider-Man. Wow. That one that he went up against the wall. Yeah, not great. Not great. And it drops on the warning track, and Joe Blow trots in for a double? It was incredible. It was unbelievable. Uh, Have a great show, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks Thanks to our uh, producer today, the one and only Tommy Freeze Pops Carroll. Great job, sir. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll talk tomorrow. You'll hear from Colin Surrey, our board operator, with the Dan coming up. Michelle, is always great work. Had fun, Randy. See you tomorrow. And we've actually got people in the hallway, so there's some energy here at Hubbard Radio. Good. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of this show. And until tomorrow at 7, have a great day, St. Louis.